Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Corporate Multiplayer. The official podcast of the 4-1 Game Zone. Hello and welcome to another cooperative multiplayer, the official 4-1 Game Zone podcast. I am your host, Sean Garmer, and with me today... It's Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. How you been doing, man? Oh, fine. Playing Witcher 3. <laughs> well, since we always talk about what we're playing, how is that Witcher 3? It's good. I've only played it a few hours. It only unlocked like two days ago, but I've enjoyed it so far. Anything of note different from the other two that people should know? or? It's a lot more free like, uh, free flowing combat like you can just chain attacks together pretty well it's a lot i mean it's open i don't know about the first one the second one's a pretty linear game yeah it's a good game so far well that's always good to hear you know yep. for all those people that are going to be spending money on that or have already spent money on that uh, yeah knowing it's a good investment so always goes a long way anything else you've been checking out bought a whole bunch of stupid crap on the weekend what did you buy? Uh, for PS4, I bought Trials Fusion, Flower, uh, Super Mega Baseball, Peggle 2, and Tiny Brains. And for PS3, I bought Mass Effect Trilogy, Borderlands 2, uh, PlayStation All-Stars, uh, Little Big Planet 2, and the Jackbox Party Pack. Anything like you were totally wanting to look at? Uh, Super Mega Baseball. Yeah, I remember you telling me that, that, like, you really wanted to... So what's so awesome about this game, people who have no idea what it is? I mean, it, it's just a baseball game. It's it's not... I mean, it's not just... It's not simulation-focused. It's more just about having fun while playing a baseball game. It's kind of like playing, like, those old, like, Ken Griffey Jr. on the SNES or, like, those older baseball games, like RBI Baseball, where it's not so, like, simulation-focused or up its own ass. Sweet. What's up, Daniel? Hey, how's it going? Howdy. Uh, so, you've been playing Witcher as well? Yeah, I uh, have played it for a little bit today. I just got to, I guess it was Vizim, I think is what they said. And then I had to stop because I've got to get ready for work. 
So have you played the other two games a lot, or? I played two a little bit, but and I guess I actually played one a little bit. I bought it on one of the Steam sales for like a buck fifty or something. Uh, two. I'll, so far, I like this game a lot better than two. It just feels a little bit more user friendly. Yeah. That's what I've heard. People that have checked out. I mean, I think that's what they were trying to do was try to. You think it's an entry point for people who haven't played the other games, or is there too many nods to the other two? Uh, I've been able to follow everything pretty well. Well, that's good. Then maybe I should check into buying it then. Because I was like, I, I played a little bit of the first one. Sort of was like, well, let me finish the first one to go to the second one. Just never happened. <laughs> and. Now this one's out and supposedly have, you know, about 200 hours of gameplay, so at least it would be worth the money. You've been able to play anything else, or? Uh, just a little bit of World of Warships, and when I say a little bit, I mean very little. I've had my hours jacked back up, so uh, 86-hour weeks are not fun. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I, you know, thanks to... Mark saving me about twenty dollars because he let me know about the uh, Final Fantasy X, X2 PS4 remaster having a lot of RNG problems with their random number thing with the enemies. Apparently, it's broken to the point where you're pretty much going to face the same enemies at the same spot constantly in the PS4 version, no matter how many times you reset the game or anything. I think Destructoid was the only one that actually said something about it in their review. Everything else was, you know, fans that happen to know a lot about the game or whatever. So I got to save myself 20 bucks and buy the PS3 version. And really, the graphics comparison is really not that big a leap from PS3 to PS4. So honestly, unless you're just dying to play something on your PS4 and don't have a reason to want to go back to your PS3, I just recommend saving yourself some money. Uh, it actually works out better for me because my old systems are in my room and the new systems are in the living room and I have to share that with the daughter and all the other people. So works out better. But I think that's pretty much like I checked out Divinity Original Sin for a little bit because they announced that they're going to have an enhanced edition for the new consoles. Uh, is that going to make you want to check it out at all, Daniel? They're pretty much going to redo the controls and everything like they had to do for Diablo. Uh, I don't know. I'll wait and see how it looks. I'm, uh, right now, I don't have a lot of time. And if right. I had to pick one game to play, or the next game that I'm going to buy is probably going to be Arkham Knight. But that could change depending on reviews or any more news coming out. Mark? Uh, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'm going to get it for computer. Well, I already got it. So, I mean, the remaster is coming to free, for free for people who already own it. But I'll be, I'll be interested to see if they have gamepad control for it. They probably will. If they're going to release it on the new consoles, they'll probably put it as part of the, the enhanced edition on the PC, you know? You'd think that, but they didn't do that for Diablo, which kind of annoyed me. <laughs> Oh, they didn't? Wow. That's kind of weird. All right. Maybe Blizzard just thinks that if you're buying it on the computer, you're not going to want to play it with the gamepad. Yeah. So Konami decided to tell us why they've let go of uh, pretty much all these moves that they are done. Has just, uh, 
announced that they're going into mobile, pretty much like Sega decided to do and several others have decided to do. Uh, they're saying that they believe mobile is the future and they're going to go with the pay-as-you-play model. This has become pretty much the standard now for mobile games. Uh, they feel like this is what it's going to be and how they're going to make their money. Uh, they obviously make money with pachinko machines and other stuff, but you think Konami's pretty much done with consoles now? We're not going to get after Metal Gear? We're pretty much... It's mobile and bust for them? And is this what they should be doing? I mean, just totally out... out. I mean, some of these uh, IPs are just probably not going to work on phones, right? Daniel, go ahead. Uh, well... I think uh, people that say mobile's the future needs to take a look at console sales for this generation and look at the record-breaking console sales we've had and look at how well mobile games have done. Ask uh, all the different mobile companies that somehow have shut down or have not had a big hit past one game. Yeah, Sony had to shut theirs down, and EA just lost one of the, I think, their head of mobile. So it's not all going great for mobile as you... No, and there will always, I think there will always be console gaming just because there's always an audience for it. So far, we have not replaced our TVs with tablets. We have not replaced our computers with tablets or phones. Mobile is great, but it's not the end all be all that everybody was predicting it was five, ten years ago. Uh, if Konami, Konami just goes purely mobile, there's going to be a they're going to lose some money and I would expect them to probably sell off or license out some of their IPs like for example Castlevania what do you think uh, Mark? I think we're going to Metal Gear Acid 3 on the iPhone <laughs> that's not too Stretch. You have to, you have, you have to go up to buy booster pack updates like cart like booster packs for the decks. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the next revolution in card games. No, like well, what Daniel said about like and licensing out like like you do like a Metal Gear Rising or Metal Gear yeah Metal Gear Rising two like just have Platinum do it again or I don't know I mean I'd like a new Suikoden but that's never gonna happen maybe do Silent Hills like. Have someone else do it. They can release the old Suikoden's. They did on PSN, one and two at least. Well, I mean, but like on the phone, so you know, other they, people can play them. I think they actually are in Japan. Well, hopefully that means that we'll get it eventually over here. But you never know. And I mean, even Sega's taking. Uh, well, at least Sega is serious about their. Uh, deal with uh, mobile games they took about like 20 of them off which is a lot of their classic stuff from the Genesis and Mega Drive anyway it really wasn't anything new or anything but lots of mobiles and especially even Nintendo has come out but they're coming out in the other way which is consistent with what they've been saying that um, they are not So he didn't totally say he's not but they're sort of not leaning towards doing the free-to-play and then having microtransactions. They don't believe that that's a way to have a sustainable, long-lasting model for mobile games. They think that um, 
you know, they know that, got, uh, you know, the mobile consumers are willing to spend a lot. So I think they're going towards more of, well, we want you to buy the game. We know you'll buy this game if we make it and if we make it with good quality. Let's say Nintendo makes this happen. Do you think we could see a turn where it goes more to, like, the traditional market where you have these games that cost a little bit more but you know they're good instead of having to monetize everything? I don't think you will just because the everything being monetized model is so firmly implanted in mobile games right now. Most people see an expensive game and think, oh, well, I don't need that. I don't think it will either because uh, I look at the different types of most people see an expensive game and just pirate it on the on the app on the iOS. <laughs> yeah, and especially on Android, where it's that's why a lot of games don't even get released on that because it's so easy to do. Like those final those Final Fantasy games in iOS are still like fifteen and twenty bucks, and no way would I pay that even if I was interested in that game. <laughs> well, that's really. I mean, I don't think Nintendo needs to be going over ten bucks, but yeah. You know, and that's stretching it. Like maybe Mario deserves that, but if you get something that's not your your core, like big three, you might want to lower the price on that. I mean, and they have shown with the 3DS that they're willing to do free-to-play stuff, so it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that they do that. Just, I think they want people to understand that they are going to try to make really good games for this, and it's not just oh, we're going to do what everybody else does, but it's going to have Mario and Zelda and stuff on it. So Capcom decided that they wanted to, you know, how everybody keeps talking about how, well, we're so tired of remasters and all this stuff, but yet people keep buying them. So Capcom just comes out and just is real with it, which I appreciate because that's better than lying to everybody. They're like, you know what? We're just going to make HE remasters a part of our business activities for the foreseeable future um they, they keep becoming hits resident evil hd did really well for them uh they they say they're not going to clog the retail market with it they want to make it digital download but do you think this is smart like just coming out and basically saying hey a lot of our games are going to be hre masters hope you're okay with that i mean you can't really hurt them <laughs> I mean, they're already doing it, so it's, if it wasn't going to work, people would already... I mean, people would just complain about it and move on anyway. At least this way, people look at it and say, well, at least they're being honest and give them more of a chance. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, uh, Mark? Uh, I think it's smart, but it all depends on what franchises or games are here to bring back, bring back. Like, they're bringing back Devil May Cry 4, and it's like, that wasn't a popular game on the outset. Like, if they wanted to bring back a Devil May Cry game, bring back, like, DMC3, the one people cared about. Or just redo the whole collection, right? Well, they, they, didn't they already do that? With the, yeah, gonna do it, yeah. They're going to do it again? <laughs> well, I mean, but then, didn't that have three in it already, then? Yeah. They could sort of sell it separately. I guess. But I, also... I mean, like what? What games are they gonna? What? What else are they gonna do? Are they gonna make like a Dark Void HD remaster? That game I've was heard already remasters of like the old Street Fighters. I've heard remasters of Rival Schools, which wouldn't be bad because we haven't seen that. I just think the whole like 
remastering stuff from last gen, I, that's getting to the point where it's just becoming way too much. And it's becoming to the point where also I think that people are just, they're going to keep doing it until it just doesn't make a cent. And then we're going to get flooded with more games that are about stuff that came out last gen than we're getting that's new. And that that hurts, I think, the ga- that hurts the perception of the gaming market for the casual people. Because if they saw it, now a lot of them are new gamers. Let's be fair. I think Jeremy's point in 4PC was so valid that there are a lot of new gamers that are coming to these current-gen consoles, but there's also a lot of overlap. And those people that are seeing that, they're going, well, damn, is there nothing new? Is Have we hit a point where there's no more innovation? You know, you have to wonder if that creeps into people's minds when you start seeing this kind of stuff. And especially with, you know, Microsoft went so hardcore with the Gears of War HD remaster stuff coming out. Uh, and YouTube videos showing of it, you know, it's just, we still got our numbers as an old game, you know, we're making too much about these, these HD masters, I mean, is it, is it fair to say that? I mean, am I making too much of it, or do I have a point? I mean, I don't mind HD remasters as long as we're getting new games as well. I would, I heavily would prefer companies do like what Microsoft did with the Halo and you have multiple games in one but I know that's not going to happen for everything uh, as long as there's a purpose to it like if we're going to get a sequel to for example Dishonored if they do a Dishonored remaster and then they are going to put out Dishonored 2 I'm more accepting of it that way because then you get a chance to play the original game and then play the sequel Whereas some people that got rid of their old consoles might not have a chance to go back and play the sequel. Why not do it like Bayonetta, where you give one away for free and then you release it with two? That would be another thing that would be really good and would probably let those particular remasters stand out above the others. I I don't know. I think... What they were trying, I think what uh, what Bethesda was trying to say is that, that they didn't think Dishonored sold that well. But then again, I think Mark brought this up when I brought it up a week ago or whenever it was that people who have played Dishonored have already played it. I mean, they've released it on both the PSN, PS Plus, and Xbox Games for Gold at this point. I mean, I don't know. Do you think there's really going to be a lot of people buying that remaster? I think it depends on the price. If they put it out for like 20 bucks, I could see people picking it up just to play a good game on their Xbox One and play something that they either hadn't tried or haven't gotten to play on the Xbox One before. Any thoughts, Mark? Yeah, I would say price is by consideration. Like I, I, I kind of compare it to that Sleeping Dogs uh, remaster that came out, I think, like last year. That was forty bucks, but that included a lot of DLC uh, with it, and like there was actually value to that uh, game package. I just don't think there's much value to like a Dishonored remaster because it's a fine enough game, but it's kind of short, and it it's not for everyone for sure. (laughs) Right. I would agree there. It's not. It took me a while to 
get used. I thought I was gonna hate it at first, and it took me a while to like really want to get good at the sneaking and and all that kind of stuff to actually like it. And I'm not a very uh, you know great at stealth person, so I'm not a fan of stealth games, but I really enjoy Dishonored. But then again, I always wanted to play in a game where I played as Nightcrawler, so that's the closest I'm gonna ever get. Yeah. It's just very true. That's the same thing. Nightcrawl is my favorite X-Men, so I, I agree with you on that. Speaking of Bethesda, you know, we know that they're, they've are they pretty much let the cat out of the bag multiple times here that they're announcing uh, stuff about Fallout 4, but they released a little teaser for Doom, which that thing just went totally AWOL after New Order came out, and there was supposed to be a beta for Doom, and that just disappeared and all that. Um it, using the old information that apparently it's possibly could be a Doom origin story even, uh, possibly reboot of Doom, but it's supposed to have all the stuff that we loved about Doom. Are you excited about there being a new Doom game, or are you in, into that? Because, you know, I, I'm at that stage where I want to wait to see what happens because I cared nothing about Wolfenstein, then I played it and I love Wolfenstein, and now I wish I had $20 to go buy the Old Blood right now. You know, Doom has not been something that's ever been on my radar, but now because of Wolfenstein being good, I kind of want to check it out. But how are you guys feeling about this Doom thing? I mean, I'm just holding back and waiting to see what it looks like and see how it how everything goes with it, because you never know. I find it funny that we suddenly get new information for Doom and also find out that uh, Mad Max has been canceled. Yeah, how, that just comes out of nowhere, right? The, the game actually looked like it was progressing, and it looked pretty cool, and then the movie does great and everything, and then we're just going to cancel the game? Like, what do you think that that... Does that say anything, or...? I think that the game was taking too long, and they didn't think there would be a market for the game so far after the movie came out. So what do you think on both points there, Mark? I think that if they were, if it was going to do that Mad Max game, it looked a lot was going to be, looked like a lot like Rage would have been. Also, I, 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 it was really funny when people were analyzing that trailer for three seconds of gameplay. <laughs> I literally saw someone do like a like a second by second breakdown, and it's like it's three seconds, and like wait, a Mad Max or Doom? Doom. Yeah, there's like nothing in that. It's like thing walking with big machine, big guns on his shoulders. I mean, what, what is there to say? <laughs> I literally just described the entire trailer. People who have not watched it. I mean, <laughs> like that's that's just funny. It's hardcore people, I guess, that are just that big into Doom. I've been I'm waiting pretty, for it that long. I'm actually pretty hesitant about that Doom game just because it hasn't made like a great game in the past two years and it's not like uh john is still there because of his name but oh carmack yeah carmack's not there and like who do they have left yeah you do have to wonder who's left from that original team you can bring back john romero yeah get the, yeah. the heavy metal back into doom right so what do you guys think about the Ubisoft announced that Rainbow Six is coming out October 13th, two weeks before Assassin's Creed. And they 
pretty much told us that the division is once again delayed. My God, how long? How many times is that game getting delayed? For God's sakes. And what does that say about the division's been in development way longer than Rainbow Six Siege, and Six Siege is already getting coming out? I mean, we are we should we just like not even care one iota about the division anymore at this point? Like, and, and are you excited for Siege at all? I'm going to be interested in it because they're going back to the more uh, strategic aspects of it. Uh, as it comes to the division, it is going to be more of a multiplayer game, which, I mean, I would think that that would be harder to develop for than a normal first-person shooter, even with maybe some multiplayer competition on it. But doing something like the division where it's all multiplayer... It, I think that would be a lot harder. I'm not. I think they debuted the game way too early, and I think they're running into issues with it. Where if they had waited and not tried to get it out during that E3, it would have been a lot better for them. Yeah, I can. I can see your point there. What do you think? Uh... What I've from what I've seen, Siege actually looked pretty decent. Like the destructible environments, like and multiplayer looked pretty fun, but. I don't have. I don't really have a lot of hope for the division at this point. Like, it's just if it does come out, it's just going to be a lot, a lot like the crew, and no one wants that. <laughs> I mean, the division like looked cool to me. Like, that's something that I would kind of do if you have friends and you're trying to all kind of play this survival shooter type game or whatnot. Then it kind of has RPG elements in it. But it seems like Ubisoft kind of keeps not progressing with it and have they said that Siege is going to have single player or is it just a multiplayer going into people's houses and saving them kind of thing like what we saw in the at E3 last year it'll have single player it'll have a story I think I hope yeah, so because so that limits my caring about the game if that's that's all that game is that's why I kind of don't care about the division <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can see your point there 2K says they're making a new... Well, it's not that it's a new IP, but they have a new AAA game that they're going to show off at E3. They also confirmed Battleborn's going to be there. What do you think 2K could be cooking up? I've heard people apparently want a Mafia 3. I've heard rumblings of Bioshock or another Bioshock game. What do you guys think? What could 2K have out there that maybe we haven't seen in a little while? I honestly don't know. Uh, whatever they do, I hope that it's uh, something that feels unique. It doesn't just feel like a ripoff of something else. And I hope that it's not a... The only thing I would like to see would be... I mean, it's not 2K, but... Well, no, it's not 2K, so I don't know what they could do, honestly. Mark? I wouldn't I wouldn't mind a Darkness three, uh or like a Bioshock four, I guess. You could call it that. I think it'd be really funny if they did like a XCOM declassified the Bureau two or like a WWE All Stars two. Oh man, if it's WWE All Stars I'm I'm buying that on day one. <laughs> that game was awesome. I still have it and play it. It's just it was really good. I wish uh, they would have made another one. 
Uh, man, another XCOM game would be awesome. And, I mean, it did, apparently it did pretty well on mobile, so, I mean, I think there's an audience for it if they do make another one. Another Red Dead might be fun, but that might be more like Rockstar. Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, 2K could announce it and Rockstar could be doing it, but man, yeah, it's probably, it's probably about time for another Red Dead. I'd be more interested in the Bully 2, though. Yeah. Would they be able to capture that magic again? That, I mean, Bully was just so, so it was such an original concept for them to do. Would they be able to do that again, though? Sure. Just go to a different school or have different characters and it, I think. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. You'll be fine. Yeah, I think so, too. Maybe have, like, a female protagonist. That might be an interesting switch. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it like that. They could have a... I guess it would be sort of like Mean Girls, but yeah, they could they could still do it and give you that perspective of what it's like for you know, which you kind of get a little bit in the Life is Strange too. You yeah, see what what that's like, which they do that pretty well, I thought too. So I think I'm trying to. So what do you guys think of this Nintendo bringing back their tournament that sort of was shown off? I mean, they had in like, the first one was ever in 1990, me being from Dallas, which is where they first started that tournament freaking years ago when I was like four. Uh, seems like Nintendo's getting it now. Like, they, they seem to make their E3 presentations fun. And they're going to make this an event on Sunday by itself where they're pretty much only competing with Bethesda. Like, does this make you really want to... Are you going to want to watch this this whole tournament thing? And and the fact that Fred Savage even says that he wants to go? I'll probably watch it just to see how it goes, but I kind of expect Nintendo to screw up the presentation of it just because it's Nintendo. Hey, they did pretty good last year with the Direct, though. Yeah, but... I mean, just the presentation of the tournament, let me say. I expect... I don't know what, but I expect there to be some type of problem with presenting it. Uh, I can't be any worse than not being able to join a game in Halo. So, you know, that's... That's there. What do you think, Mark? Are you going to be watching it? I probably won't watch it, but I'll be interested to see what kind of games they play for it, or pick... 
or like what the goals are for it. Like if it's just score based or time attack or stuff like that. Apparently, for the uh, qualifiers, you're playing NES Remix, uh, some of the Mario games and stuff. So that's Might a little have to do with that. Yeah, I remember like playing the old, the old like blockbuster video Donkey Kong challenge thing, like 20 years ago. Speaking of old games, Japan is going to release this 10-in-1 console uh, that plays everything from Super Famicom to N64 and Game Boy Advance stuff. And you can play it all through one HDMI. There's an adapter that lets you put in old uh, the old controllers, and you can even hook up USB to use a PS3 or PS4 controller if you want to. Uh, no idea about the price, but it's in Japan only I think right now do you think at some point one of these like all-in-one consoles could work or they just throwing stuff at a wall and see if one of these hits I mean it could work it's just <laughs> there's a smaller market for the retro consoles than there is for the newest consoles because there are people that look at the old games that never played them and think well, why would I play that when I can play this game that looks so much better? True. Got a part, Mark? I think it can work, but they have to get the actual hardware in that console or to make the emulation good. Like, kind of the problem with the Retron 5 is, like, it's just not a great system to play with. Like, my modded Xbox has more compatibility than that thing. So, I mean, what's the point of having... What's the point of buying it? Yeah. That's that's but if the my if the modded Xbox can do more than that, that's that's a bit crazy. Uh, Daniel says he has to go off to work, but thank you, Daniel, for for being on, man. Well, glad I got to come on for a few minutes anyway. Uh, hopefully, my schedule's gonna start bottoming out again, and I can <laughs> make one day to get on for a full show. Are you going to try to see if you can be around for E3? or? That's my hope. <laughs> I'll have We're to wait hoping and see to have how... everybody together for that. So. I have to wait and see how that goes, but I'm hoping I can get some time off around E3. Well, have a good day at work, man. Later. Yeah, you guys have a good day and have fun. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye. Alright, well... So Activision pulls one of their things that they love to do, piss people off. They make this new Tony Hawk game for both generations of consoles, but in a way to get you to pretty much make it to where if you want to play online or multiplayer at all, you got to buy the new generation console one because the PS3 and 360 one will not have online player multiplayer at all. Is this smart? Or this just Activision basically being like, hey, we're making this, but you probably don't want to... This is almost like what WWE, they did with the WWE game. Like, let's take out all the crap for it and then expect you to want to buy the last-gen version. Uh, there's two problems with that. The first problem is, I think they've said that that Tony Hawk 5 game is supposed to be, like, multiplayer-centric. And, like, you level up with your friends and stuff like that. So if they don't have that in the game, what's the point? Right. The second, the bigger problem, though, is the fact that Robomoto is, de is developing it. 
And fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because they did the last two Tony Hawk. They did the last oh, two Tony God, Hawk yeah. games. Remember what a remember what a big uh, big success Tony Hawk Shred was. Oh boy, yeah, that's terrible. Or Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD, for that matter. Like it looked kind of like the original game, but it didn't play like it. Right. They, yeah, they that's to, the point of those games. They need to play like the original games. <laughs> yeah, they like they can't get never stop to do it anymore because I mean they're gone. But right, like they're if RoboMode is developing it. It's just, I know it's just not going to be good. I mean, kind of flat out. They have yet to make a good game. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Activision's kind of being lazy with this, seeing if just people are so diehard into Tony Hawk that they'll. No, Activision. Like, this is Activision's last gasp, I think, because I think their contract with them runs out in, like, a year or two. <laughs> ah, okay, well, it makes sense. Just, hopefully, this is it, I think. So, uh, Sony made a, a big, it says they were surprised that Bloodborne did so well. I think it's sold over a million now, which is, it is a big deal for a, you know, single, uh, only being on one system uh, game. But it released, like, a, you know, a week before the end of March. It was in the April, AP, uh, you know, MPDs at number two. You get to the top selling games of April, and Bloodborne is nowhere to be found in the top ten. Do you think that that says something about the game? Like, pretty much, you know, it, it dropped off considerably after a while, or... I think people, I mean, everyone who wanted to play it already bought it, so, I mean, people who like those Souls games would, would have bought, like, by day one, but that's kind of about it. And that's becoming, like, that's becoming a bigger, bigger piece of the pie, but it's still not, like, major. <laughs> right, I mean, it's, it's one of those games that, like, you're either going to like it when it first comes out, or you're going to have to really be persuaded to want to check it out. Yeah. You know? And by then, it's just a couple people here and there, so it's not going to make a really big dent on, you know, the market. Whereas, you know, and especially, it's it's not as accessible to everybody as something like, you know, MLB The Show, which is accessible to anybody that wants to play a baseball game. And it's the only baseball game out there, so you're kind of forced to have to buy that game. Whereas, you know, everybody, everything else that's on this list is your typical what you would normally expect Mortal Kombat 10 was number one as you, as you would think uh, Smash Brothers is still around for the 3DS it's just hitting at number nine and Dark Souls 2 is there the Scholar Edition so another remaster that uh, doing okay and at least you know they have that going for them so well this is uh, Fiamatsu says that Fire Emblem If is going to change a few things to the Fire Emblem formula where it's no longer going to just be the whole um, you know, axes beating bows and lances beating certain weapons and whatever. Now there's going to be paired weapons that are going to beat um, the, the general formula of how this goes and they want to you know, just kind of how they added the pairing of uh, two people in, you know, the previous game. Now they kind of want to move that up a notch with the weapons. Do you think that that could work to add more strategy, or? 
Sure, but there's always there's a kind of a danger of kind of overcomplicating it too much. Yeah, because I mean it's it's already got the whole the permadeath thing that you can have in it. You can also take that off if you want. And then you know if you oh, make it too hard to get people to get into it, then you're not going to have as many new players. It's going to be just the the hardcore fan base, and I think you always want to be able to leave room for that casual player to get into something like that. Yeah. So Guillermo del Toro sort of hinted at that everybody was sort of happy with what Silent Hills would have been, and they really wanted to make everything sort of cutting edge, make the house be have the the thrills and scares in it. Does uh, anything that Del Toro kind of said about what he thought Silent Hills could have been make you think that maybe, you know, Kojima and him could do something with somebody else and they just rename the game, or is it pretty much done? Oh, I think Silent Hills as a franchise is over because of all this bad blood with it now. Like, they're not going to make, like, Silent Hills Homecoming 2 or anything. Uh... I don't think Del Toro is great for the games because he has a pretty bad track record when it comes to finishing crap. <laughs> yeah, he does take his time. He'll, he'll announce six, six movies and, like, one will come out. And it's like, all right, I guess. Yeah, because they, they just had to delay Pacific Rim 2. I think they had to delay something else of his as well. Still waiting for that Hellboy 3 movie. <laughs> Has that ever been confirmed, though? No, but, because, I mean, I don't think Hellboy 2 did great. I mean, it did, did it okay, but, like, it left, it left him such a cliffhanger that you kind of have to at this point. Yeah, I mean, you would have thought they would have made it, like, right after, though. So. Yeah, but it didn't do great from what I remember. <laughs> that was kind of the problem. Like, it made his money back, but... Right. Yeah. So Sweary says that he always thinks about a Deadly Premonition sequel, um, but his uh, bigger thought that he he let out there was that apparently he's been thinking about this game that involves uh, a high school girl detective who uses her imagination uh, energy from masturbating to help her solve murders. But all the publishers tell him that there's no way nobody can make this game. So why doesn't he just make it himself, you know, if he thinks it's such a great concept? Honestly, that'd be a bit weird. <laughs> but, uh, Deadly Premonition 2, you want to see it? I think, I, I don't know, I know, because of how that game ended, it ended, it ended pretty, uh, like, well with, like, a fi finite ending, so I wouldn't want more Adventures of York because that character's already kind of done with. They could always go back to that town, I guess, but they need, they need a new character, or... Besides, I think that plot, like, that whole threat is kind of over with when... at the end of that game. Do you, do you think we... I, I'm, I think he was probably joking, but that guy's so crazy, it's possible... Do you think he could wind up turning his little idea into a game, or? Yeah, it'll be the it'll be the sequel to Ray Play Two. 
<laughs> so, I mean, Ubisoft says that they're developing, they're really going to go hardcore in developing VR games, um, and they're looking into franchises that could work with VR. Does anything, like, jump right at you that says, okay, if we have VR, Ubisoft needs to make this game? I would say Assassin's Creed, but just to turn the VR thing into an animus. For real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and doing all the parkour stuff would be cool with, you know, the VR and all that. Um, like, Far Cry could work, but I doubt it. Because, I mean, that game kind of has, like too much head like head movement and like the animations and stuff right i mean any of those shooters like you know rainbow six could probably work with it um i don't know about like you know the something like uh like i'm sure watch dogs could probably work uh i'm trying to reckon like i don't think rayman something like rayman wouldn't work like that but you know it'll work the Black Eyed Peas experience too. <laughs> you are Fergie. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how much they'd have to pay for Fergie to basically like let you just be her in a game. Depends how much bo- depends on how much of, of her body body they model. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that would be the important part <laughs> so uh, not only is xbox one going to be allowed for you to you can now use it as an over-the-air tv tuner if you like uh though it'll cost you more money than if you just use your tv um if you have a tuner you don't have to buy the converter box you just buy the antenna with uh, the xbox one if you have a TV that has a tuner, there shouldn't be a reason why you need to use the Xbox One as a tuner, because it'll cost you. It'll cost you pretty much. You have to buy the converter box or the the Xbox One tuner, and then you still have to buy the antenna. So it'll cost you a hundred dollars just to be able to use your Xbox One as a tuner. I don't think that's a great idea. Who the fuck is still watching like broadcast television? That's some, my, my... some people are though. Like they just don't want to pay for cable, or they won't. They don't really have great online access or that's fine but they're also not going to have an xbox one in their house <laughs> yeah I, just, I guess they're just doing it so that the option can be there i i don't know but uh, phil spencer says that they still see value in the connect he's the only uh, one that's so true. Yeah, other than harmonics and Fantasia, but you know, uh, he says they're gonna keep building functionality to make it a part of the ecosystem. He says the Connect had to be dropped because the price drop was just it had to be done. But he says he still thinks there'll be somebody out there that'll make an experience that you have to have the Connect for, and it'll be great. Um, I just see that as him doing business speak and saying, look. We're never going to say that we don't care about the Connect. We're just going to keep doing this. <laughs> See, he should, because then that would at least be honest of him. Him going, oh, eventually someone will, someone will make a game for it. It's like, you're a game developer. Why don't you do it? <laughs> yeah, like, shouldn't Microsoft be the one to go out there and say, this is what the Connect is for? 
Like, why are you waiting on other people to make the game for you? That doesn't make sense. I can't... I think the last game they made, they made for it was like Xbox Sports Rivals. Maybe? Yeah, it was like Connect Sports Rivals and then, you know, Fantasia. And that's about... And then, you know, the, the dance games or whatever. And that's it. Yeah. But uh, the last thing I think uh, we're going to touch on here today is um, uh, Telltale has come out and said no Walking Dead Season 3 this year. That's surprising. Uh, surprise you? Or... No. Because they're still trying to crank out Borderlands and Game of Thrones, so I'll know. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm glad to hear this because they really don't. I mean, look, it's not expensive. It's not about the expense part of it. It's the fact that you need to let these game series breathe. Now, granted, not everybody likes Game of Thrones, not everybody likes Borderlands, and I think Borderlands has proven that you don't really need to like Borderlands at all to care about that game. We've talked about it on here many times. Uh, now, Game of Thrones is sort of um, something more like you, you kind of like need to like Game of Thrones to enjoy that, but I think you need to give time to all these series to have breath on their own. You don't want to have all four of your main series out and people are sitting there going, my God, okay, Telltale, calm down a little bit. You know, I think you need to have seasons. You have seasons, have time frames where, okay, we're going to do two every six months or something like that. You know, instead of trying to, like, kill your resources and, and have all of them out there just so you go, oh, here's Walking Dead, here's this. So we're always churning out money, but you're also, like, flooding the market with it. And, it's, and it gets a... Uh, overdone I'd be happy if they just pulled a Netflix and it's released like season 3 all like all at once like all yeah. five episodes just out there like that day and just say here you go cause I'm, I'm tired of how like unpredictable Telltale is with releasing crap like Life is Strange is good cause it's every two months but Borderlands was three months ago Maybe four? Yeah. And it's just like, they'll just go like, oh, it's out next week. And it's like, you know, a little more advanced notice might be nice. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's got to be some kind of schedule for it. That I just think that they don't, they feel like if we release the schedule, then we got to sit there and and do everything in a, in a rush. And I think they feel like they've earned up enough audience to will just wait for the next game to come, you know. And they'll see what bought the season pass. So when it shows up, it's there and you can play it, you know. That's so I can kind of understand them, too. It's great to have a schedule, but then you're also expecting people to meet it. And then maybe they don't do as great a job with the next episode because they're rushing to do it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know many people who actually buy like those types of games as like individual games. I do. Yeah, I mean, well, you did, but... that That's only because I tend to have $5 that I can just throw out instead of just, oh, 20 30 at, at once or yeah. whatever. But that's what's nice about it. You you are saving a little bit by getting the season pass, but it's not a whole big savings where you feel like you're being ripped off either. So. But all right, uh, I've got to get to uh, picking up my daughter here, so I think we'll call this... Sure. show um we're going to i think 
I'm going to try to get us back to the Saturday night slot now that I'm back to a regular schedule, not having to work at 4 a.m. on Sundays. At least um, for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, once uh, we will... Now, I don't know if who all is going to be on with me, but we are going to be doing, just like last year, uh, E3 reaction shows where after the big uh, E3 press conferences. Now, obviously, that Monday, we're going to have to wait until there's a lull there for, for us to be able to come on uh, in between a lot of the big ones. But like Sunday night, that Sunday night with Bethesda, we'll have one. Whenever there's a lull and all the Monday stuff, we'll have one. And then I think after the Square Enix contra- con- uh, one, we'll have one. So be looking out for, for those when it comes E3 time. And we'll be we'll be doing our E3 predictions show here pretty soon too. So hopefully we can get Robert and Daniel back on, and maybe even Randall and, and Jeremy too. So, but okay, let's get to these plugs, Mark. Uh, my column went up on Monday. It was about uh, the top eight science fiction RPGs. Uh, my project card should be hitting soon, since I had to rewrite it because I lost the first copy. Uh, that's about it for me. <laughs> Yeah, um, Daniel does the Games Factor Fiction on Thursdays. I'm going to be on it with Randall. I actually need to do those uh, here after I pick up my kid because he needs them at some point here. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Robert, he he, I think he just did a new Metal Hammer of Doom that you can check out on the Riot Legend Broadcasting Network. Uh, that's an all-in-one network you just download on, on iTunes, and it, all their stuff is there. They got a lot of good podcasts, so listen to that. Um, I got the game's top five, which I had to miss last week because I was also doing the payback roundtable. So it'll be the top five Kickstarter uh, games, uh, which will I'll see if somebody else will contribute a list. So there's, been one. there's been five. There's been five. Well, Pillars and Divinity and a few more. Uh, you know, wouldn't Broken Age be another one? There, there's at least three. Uh, so, anyway. Um, there, there's also the uh, 4PC, which came out yesterday. A lot of the topics will be covered on here will be covered on there, so you can check that out. Uh, it's... Todd and John are your regulars, and this week I had Jeremy and Randall, so should be a, it's an interesting read, I think uh, from all four guys they all did a good job, and uh, yeah I I promise once again that this week will be that week I finally get that Xenoblade <laughs> review out, and I need to I'm almost wrapped up with uh, Axiom Verge I think uh, before you, somebody hands me something else. What do you think of it? Now that I've, like, gotten past the whole sometimes being locked away indoors, I, I really enjoy it. I think what it does, it does well. I like the story, and I, I hope that maybe we'll get a sequel. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, we've also, we had a Wrestling in the Max podcast last night. Uh, that's also on 411 in the Wrestling Zone, and there in the columns. Uh, we reviewed RH Global Wars and New Japan show as well. Um, we did Raw and whatever else. We'll be doing NXT TakeOver Unstoppable tonight. That'll be there in the morning on 411 as well. So uh, until next week, everybody. What is what's coming out next week? Yeah.
No, I think Witcher was kind of the big one. <laughs> I think there was something, but I'm just like totally yeah. Enjoy your Witcher, everybody. If you've not been gotten to play that yet, I think uh, Magicka 2 comes out for the PS4. So you can t you know, and console comes out for PS2 or PC. Uh, the Ultimate Street Fighter 4, if you didn't get to play that on Xbox, you can now play that on PS4 next week. Uh, Badland Game of the Year. NASCAR. If you've been waiting for NASCAR to play yeah, that. Everyone has. <laughs> you can uh, play that, and they're finally going to have Rogue Legacy on Xbox One, apparently. So, And uh, if you if you like quirky, weird games or Japanese games... Uh, Akiva's trip, Undead and Undressed, is uh, yet both hilarious and weird. So if you want to play that and you don't have it on, or you don't have uh, one of the systems, but you do have a PC, it's coming out for PC next week. I would recommend it if you're into that sort of thing. It's like you'll have people just dropping underwear and weird guy that chases you around on the bus and yeah it's just weird so until next week everybody later later join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.